This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. It's me, Roz. Oh, it's my favorite time of the month. Time for a listener phone call extravaganza. Well, today we've got some great stories for you. And we've got a pretty long clip on Patreon this week. There's a lot of stories here. We got Audrey telling a story about a spirit that had been attached to her uh, as a child I've also got a story that is on the Patreon this week from Katie, who worked at a haunted theater. And Stephanie has a story about a ghost in a pool, which should be off limits for ghosts, but it's a very fascinating story. So go check that out on my second tier of Patreon, patreon.com slash Also, there's a link in the description of this episode. Okay, here we go. The 26th listener phone call extravaganza. On with the show. Oh my God, I am joined by Audrey, who is in Los Angeles. Hi, Audrey. How are Hi, you? Hi, how are you? I am great. And I'm so excited to talk to you because you live in one of the most 
interesting parts of Los Angeles. You live in Benedict Canyon, which I want to say has come up on this podcast. You know when it's probably come up on this podcast is early on. Ooh, you'd have to go back into the archives when (laughs) I had on David Omen, who lives on Cielo Drive, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, right next to where the unfortunate Manson murder, Sharon Tate murder uh, occurred. And uh, we probably talked about Benedict Canyon. It's something that I talk about often with people because it's known for being cursed. Have you heard about this? I wish I knew this before I bought the house. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't put two and two together. I knew things happened. I knew the Tate murders, but I I didn't know where that was in Los Angeles until I did research and I could actually walk to David Oman's house. It's not that far. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, if you believe in a curse, like I I don't know, it's just something that people say and they have said for a long time, just because there's been a lot of, unfortunate events that have taken place there. And when we talked to David, he was talking about the sciency aspect of it having to do with the electromagnetic waves. And right. I, I, you'd have to I've hear heard him different say. stories that I honestly don't understand. I think I've heard like it's on a landline, which I don't know what that is, or mm-hmm. like some Native American curse on the canyon. So I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, but there's just there has been I mean, anyone listening to this, if you want to look it up, there's been like a lot of uh, murders and, you know, like a lot of kind of high end like movie star deaths and mysterious kind of a lot of that has happened since like, yeah. I mean, as long, I don't know, a long time. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a it's a mysterious place to say the least. But now what is your yes. experience living there? OK, so I found this house like 15 years ago when I got lost and I pulled over and I happened to pull over in front of this house. Um, so fast forward a few more years, it was for sale. And but what do you mean? So you're like, you're lost trying to find something. And then you're like, Ooh, what is this? house? I was, I was visiting a friend's house and she lives around here where she used to live around here. And it was back in the day when you didn't have your smartphone and you had to print out the directions at home and then follow them in the, in the car. Oh, MapQuest. MapQuest. It was MapQuest days. So I got lost up here and I didn't know where to go. I was overwhelmed. I couldn't have, I didn't have any cell service. So I pulled over and I just happened to pull over in front of what my my house is now. And it was just like, I was so attracted to this house and like a creep. I would come visit the house for years. I would drive by it because it just... I was so attracted to it for some reason. It's not the nicest looking house either. It's like a weird cottage surrounded by like these nicer homes. Hmm. But it finally came for sale. Um, I put an offer on it, even though I couldn't afford it. And they somehow accepted it. Um, I moved in and then later learned that the woman who lived here before me was also named Audrey and she died in the house. Mm. So I don't know how, if that's anything to do with how I got the house, but I had a weird attraction to it for years. Ah. And somehow I I got it when I lived here. So is Audrey hanging around or what? I think so. It was pretty peaceful for like the first couple months. And then I did renovations on the house, which now I know when you do renovations on a house, it can upset any spirits that live here. Uh, so 
I started to feel like someone was watching me. I would smell perfume, like in a construction zone. I would smell cigarettes at night when I was alone in here. And um, things would be moved around. I would ask the construction guys, they're like, oh, we don't go in this room. So I kept hearing and seeing things that I could not explain. And it was like an unwelcoming feeling for a while. And then I contacted a, a psychic. And so, so she told me, oh, someone's in here. She used to live here. She's upset that you're here. She thinks you're ruining her house. Uh. So she suggested that I talk to her, like talk, like talk to her like she was in the room and tell her my intentions. I'm not here to ruin her house. She can stay if she wants, but I bring her no harm. So after that, I, I, to this day, I still feel her, but it doesn't feel so scary anymore. But, um, so that's that on her, but I think the scariest thing that's happened, and this is what I think Benedict Cannon has to do with it. So I was starting to feel like there was a male energy. I don't know if you had anyone tell you that sometimes you can tell if it's a female or if it's a male energy Mm -hmm. around. So one night I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a man sitting at the corner of my bed. What? Yeah. And he was very angry. He was in an army jacket. Um, my dogs were terrified. And he was just sitting there staring at me. So by the time I go to turn on the light, he's gone. Two days later, um, I see him again. While I'm getting ready for bed, like in the back, in the, in the mirror, in back of me. Oh, that is some horror movie shit right there. Right. So I'm like, okay, I can't stay here anymore. I can't stay here tonight. But. No one was picking up their phone. I didn't know where to go that night. It was already late, so I I went to sleep. Middle of the night, my dogs were barking like crazy. They were barking at something in the dining room. And so I went to go check, and they were like in a trance. They were barking at nothing, and they would not be quiet. And usually when I tell them to stop barking, they stop barking. They didn't stop barking. So I went down to pick them up. And all of a sudden, it felt like someone pushed me as back as as hard as they could. And then I hit my head on my dining table, flipped my head open. And it felt my God. Yeah. And it felt like there was some someone in the dining room with me when I hit my head. So I believe it was that guy who I saw the last the previous (laughs) night. Okay, is he back right now? Because I heard that dog yelping. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's not back. You know, I'm not sure he might be because they barked at random things. So whatever happened to him? Um, after that, I had a, uh, I guess a medium or spiritual healer come. She cleared the space, and um, then my re- overly religious mom came and like showered the. She washed the table with holy water. She sprinkle it everywhere, prayed. Um, and then I think he's gone, but I still uh, hear and see things. But I think it's the previous owner, the other Audrey. I don't think that guy's here anymore. Oh, my God. Who is the guy? I was told by a psychic that he was like an angry Vietnam vet. And he, I guess, passed away from drugs. I don't know if he lived here. I don't know his connection to the house. I tried to do research. I couldn't find anything about him. But apparently he was very angry. 
and he didn't want me here. I don't know what his connection to the house is, though. Strange. Mm-hmm. God, I wonder if the other Audrey had to deal with him. I don't know. You know, I asked my neighbor, um, my current neighbor, and they lived next to her for a few years. They said she was very sweet, but she was very odd. Like, she would she would have the house lights on 24 hours a day, and she would always keep her curtains open. So no matter what time you pass by her house, you could see right in her house. 4 a.m., all the lights were on. So maybe she was scared, too. That Maybe she's Maybe she saw things or I don't know. She's probably haunting you because she's like, that's that lady that used to creep in front of my house. house. (laughs) Yeah, she used to watch me like a creep. (laughs) (laughs) She's getting me back for all those years I stalked her. I think the most spectacular part of the story is that you live in L.A. and you talk to your neighbors. Oh, right. I I don't know any of my neighbors. (laughs) I tried um, to avoid them, but I was very <laughs> curious about this woman. So I had to ask someone. So wh- how often would you say things, you know, happen nowadays or that you sense Audrey? Um, pretty often. I'd probably say a couple times a month. Really? Yeah. So I think she was a smoker. And we're very strong perfume because when I feel like she's around, it's like a big whiff of cigarette smoke and perfume passes by and it gets very cold in here. Mm. And then like things start to not malfunction. Um, new like new appliance will malfunction when I feel like she's around and all of a sudden they work again. That's uh, perfume and cigarettes like mm-hmm. go hand in hand. Cause I think um, I'm a former smoker and I feel like when uh-huh. you're a smoker, you're like, Oh, if I just spray a bunch both. of perfume, no one will yeah. ever <laughs> no know. They'll it. never suspect a thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, yeah. this is interesting. Have you thought about um, doing, I don't know, another seance or having someone else come in or is it pretty peaceful would you say um for the most part it's pretty peaceful I'm kind of nervous to push it because that guy who I think pushed me into the table came after I had a psychic come in so I don't know if it upset the energy in here or maybe me searching for something brought something up but I don't I don't know if I should leave it how it is because I feel okay for the most part was this the psychic that picked up on him? Yes. But that was after. Like, he came and visited me in bed, and then uh, what I think he pushed me, but I'm not sure. I was told But you've not never to seen it. the woman? I've heard her. Like, a woman's voice. What does she I'll say? Hear, I'll always hear, like, Audrey. Like, I'm like, is that my mother? Is my mother here? Like, I, but no one's ever here. So I just think, oh my God, am I going crazy? But it's always like a whispering voice, like an older woman. And I hear, Audrey. Uh, is she talking about you or her? I don't know. I hope it's that woman. I hope it's not like something else that I have to deal with. But uh, I don't, I don't think I've seen her, but I have heard her and I've smelled her. Oh, my God. Okay, well, 
This is good. Hey, do you want to hear a ghost voice? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. It's time for EVPs or EV please. Okay. So you know how this works. Mm-hmm. Go to YouTube. I find EVP, electronic voice phenomenal. And, um, you know, this is this is uh, what people believe is a ghost speaking. And okay. I'm going to play it for you. And we're going to guess what this ghost is saying. Now, this one, okay. I will say there's a little bit of usually I don't choose them like this, but I found this one kind of interesting. But there was there's. I try to get them pretty clean, you know, like just when it's kind of quiet and then a ghost talks. But I mean, you kind of get what you get when you're recording ghosts. And in this one, there's people, they are kind of talking and you can hear the ghost like cut in for a second. So you'll have to like really tune into it. But um, it's a ghost kind of yelling something in the background of course it's a quick little clip but here i'll play it and then we'll talk about it all right what's this ghost saying okay it's the one in the background that's like nah, nah. wait so there's a there's a woman and then there's a ghost in the background yes okay so here i'll play it again okay. it's like it's like uh there's like a beat like someone says something and then it's like nah, nah. And then they say something again, but so, but we're listening for the nah, nah. <laughs> okay. Here it is. You hear what I'm talking about? Are they saying no or mom? No, no. Okay. or mom? I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna play it again. Okay. Oh wait, now I hear get lost. Yeah, I hear two syllables. I think. Um, get, lost. get lost. Ooh, that's good. Get lost. <laughs> that's what I live. Heard. Get lost. Go away. Oh, I didn't even say where this came from. This is from nj.com, newjersey.com, I believe, nj.com. And it's at a place called the Emlyn Psychic Estate in Cape May, uh, New Jersey. Okay, so here's some options. Do they think it says, hey, it's mine? Is it B, bring back Vine? Do you remember Vine? Oh, simple time before TikTok. Maybe it's a ghost of a Vine star. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, is it C, I'm fine? Or D, Chris Pine? Okay, <laughs> let's play it again. What do you hear? I keep hearing get lost, but I'm going to go with I'm fine. They believe it's it's mine. I don't oh. know what they're referring to, but let's hear it again now that we know that. I could hear it. I don't know. It could be a lot of things. I mean, it's just like two loud syllables. Um, but that's what they say. Can I ask a question? Whenever you look up um, EVPs online, do you ever get spooked out being at home after? Yes. Oh my God. Especially because so many of them are just, uh, no offense to anyone that's out there looking for it, but like, not great. (laughs) Like I, I, I'll be, I'll spend literally sometimes hours trying to find two EVPs that are like decent Mm -hmm. and I'll find, I listen to so many that are just 
bad. There, a lot of times people edit them. I think they're trying to make it sound better, but it just like makes it sound robotic and weird. Or uh, There's just a lot of right. different ways that it can sound bad. So then after hearing a bunch of those, then when I find like the one, that's when I get real creeped out where I'm like, oh, damn, I think that was like a real like that. That actually sounded like something creepy. Right. I usually cannot listen to them in the house. I get freaked out. I can't be here. Well, yeah. I mean, because you also have someone whispering your name. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's around. Well, Audrey, I guess that's about it for this time. But keep me updated on your uh, your friend, your roommate. <laughs> yeah, my roommate, Audrey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It was so great talking to you. You too. Um, yeah. Keep in touch. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, The key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. I've been ghosted too. I am joined by Rob in Indiana. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am great. I uh, am especially curious to talk (laughs) to you after what I was reading, what you sent me. You have encountered the black-eyed children? I believe so. And we're not talking about Fergie and Will I Am. We are no, talking about no. the black eyed <laughs> children, which I, we've talked about on the show a little bit. I know that the black eyed children are a, a paranormal podcast favorite. I've heard a lot of people talk about them. I haven't heard from very many people that have encountered them. I think one time on the show, Bonnie McKee, the singer-songwriter, when she was on, she had an experience that I kind of speculated. Like, maybe that was a black-eyed children scenario. I remember that episode. <laughs> yeah. But now, I want to hear about your experience. Okay, so, so, so what happened? So, I didn't really realize what it was until after I heard a podcast about black-eyed children, because I had never heard of them. So, when mm-hmm. it happened, I didn't really put it together. 
But essentially what happened was I had just moved into my new apartment in Indianapolis. I was there for about a week and I was just sitting there and I heard a knock on my door. And so I went to it and I was in not the greatest part of Indianapolis. So I didn't just open it right up. But I looked at my people and there were two individuals, young people. Um, they were turned kind of to the side facing each other. Uh, they wanted to sell me magazines, which I thought was strange. And they had a really strange way of speaking. It was very kind of monotone and very rehearsed, performative in a weird way. And at first I was like, okay, it's just some kids. But then they started trying to get into the apartment, which really bothered me. And they would say weird things. Had you Uh, opened the door at this point? No, I was still looking at my people talking to them. I did not want to open the door because I was getting a very strange feeling from what was happening. Whoa. Okay. So what were they, what were they saying? Well, first they wanted to sell me magazines and then they just said, kept asking if they could come in. And the part where it really kind of made me think something was odd was one of them said, can we come in for a nice cool glass of water? Like that was literally what they said. And I thought, well, that's not something people would say. No. Uh, (laughs) It really kind of freaked me out. And so I stopped responding and they kept knocking on the door. I feel like if you put adjectives in front of something like that, you're an alien or something. Very weird. And um, you just say, can I have some water? You don't say nice, cool. Yeah. And it was very that much came like, can we come in for some nice, cool water? No. Nope. And I'm a teacher. I've talked to teenagers many, many times. Teenagers don't talk like that. Um, It's just not something that is usual. So I kept trying to get a good look at them. They were definitely young people and they were turned to the side of me. I couldn't really see their faces. But when one of them turned, I couldn't really see what was going on in their eyes. I'm not going to say it was black necessarily, but I definitely couldn't see clear definition in their eyes because they wouldn't face the door. So after a while, they went away eventually after I very kind of defiantly told them to leave. And then a couple, I think it was a year or so later, I listened to a podcast and somebody started talking about black eyed children. And I thought, oh my God, that sounds eerily similar to what happened at my apartment. Just the way they spoke and their persistence in wanting to come inside for kind of no reason. Um, it was very, it really bothered me after it happened. Oh yeah. So basically the story, as far as I know, it's been a yeah. couple, it's been maybe a year or so since the last time I got into black eyed children, but it's like, they knock on your door. They, they really want to get inside. Yes. They have black eyes. They usually have some kind of, uh, they give people a feeling of dread and, yes. uh, you, they seem to be just like children or teens or whatever. And um, I, I'm always unsure about what happens if you let them in. Me too. You don't want to find out, apparently. I'm glad I did not find out. Whoa. I wonder what kind of magazines young. they were selling. I, I, well, they weren't holding anything, which is also what gave me a little bit of pause. They didn't have anything with them, like mm. to write things down. Or, and I was like, well, how are you going to remember who you're selling magazines it was just very strange when was this this would have been 2010 okay so magazines were still kind of a thing at that point because i worked for the canadian phone book at the time 
time. So print was still fairly alive on its way out, but right. Yeah. Wow. So then never again. You never saw no, them ever again. Unsettling. Yeah, it was very unsettling. And I didn't put it together until after I heard somebody talk about it because I had never heard of these children before. Um, but it was, it was, they definitely gave off a really odd vibe that was, you could, you know, sometimes when you meet people or something happens, you're like, I definitely shouldn't engage with that. That's the vibe they were giving off to me. So, whoa. Not open the door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's interesting that you didn't open the door. I mean, good. Uh, but yeah. you must have really felt some kind of vibe. Yeah. They were not giving off a friendly type of energy. And it was just strange the way they spoke and their cadence. And it's kind of hard to describe the way they spoke, but it had no like emotion behind it in a way, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. They just I, really wanted to get inside the apartment. That is so creepy. I think yeah. anytime somebody knocks on my door, I, it <laughs> recently happened, which it doesn't happen often. And it happened at nighttime. Somebody knocked on my Ooh. door and it was terrifying but it's very startling yeah to add all of that Ooh, i'm counting it that is a black guy children's story i'm counting it and even if like you said it wasn't necessarily them it was still creepy but i the, it, just the the nice cold water of it that's that's, that's what a, threw me off too yeah so and, and it's like you know uh, of course no one knows but people theorize that it's it could be aliens. They right. could be, you know, it could be a lot of different things. Um, I've heard aliens. I've saw an interesting thing. People theorize that it's like um, children who have committed violent acts turn into black eyed children. I thought, oh gosh, that's oh. <laughs> hope that's not the case. They have to sell magazines for eternity. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Especially nowadays, that would be a real <laughs> tough task. That would be a real hard thing to accomplish. I feel <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me some more stuff. Um, the only, I, uh, that apartment was really weird. Um, I never saw anything there, but it, you know how apartments can be with people's energy all around if you believe in energy. But the other thing that I have that I saw any concrete visuals was, so in Indiana, from where I'm from, there's an urban legend called Moody Road, which, you know, lots of places have these urban legends. Um, but this one was you got to this road where supposedly a man killed some people who uh, did something to his daughter and he's searching for the other member, you know, as stories go. But you go out there, you park, you flash your lights three times and then you turn your car off and you wait for this light to appear. So we go out there. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's just a cornfield in front of you. Um, if you go out there in the daytime, it's nothing out there. So we went out there, it was me and just a few friends. We were in our teens and we'd flicked our lights three times. And sure enough, out of nowhere, this orb light comes across the field and it just kind of travels back and forth, back and forth and up and down. It gets a little bit closer the longer you sit there and wait, but nobody knows what it is. It's unexplained. Um, if you look it up, uh, there's been researchers that come out to the area and they can't find out or figure out what it is. It's a very strange um, phenomenon. Uh, wow. And it's another kind of un unsettling thing because you don't really know what it is. It could be paranormal. It could be natural. Nobody knows. So um, I've been out there a couple times. 
they have since taken down the sign and stuff because of people going out there too much and disturbing the people that actually live on the road because uh, it's like a gravel road. So I always want to hear from the people that live in these areas. Right. You know, like th- this is always it's always a thing with these urban legend kind of places. There's always neighbors that complain or whatever. But like, yeah. what is your life like? Well, and it's interesting because I went out there three or four times during my youth. And the first time I went out there, there was nobody out there. The second time I went out there, there was a house there. The third time they had put out a big floodlight, security light to kind of wash everything out so you couldn't see. The fourth time they had taken the sign down and there were police that would wait on the road so that if people came down, they would tell them to leave. After the police told us to leave one year, uh, we never went back because we figured these people do not want people out here. So yeah, they're like, it's our ghost. Yes. Stay away. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, what town is this in? So it's um, the closest town is a town called Rensselaer, but it's just out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it's called Moody Road because the guy that lived on it is supposedly uh, is searching for the murderers of his daughter. Um, he never found the third one. So that's apparently what he's searching for. This is a legend that I always heard. There's variations upon it, but it's essentially boils down to that. So, huh. Well, cornfields alone are terrifying. I did not grow up in corn country. And I, when I was driving through the country last year and I ended up in Nebraska and my GPS was uh, really not doing, I was trying to find a Mexican restaurant and um, I ended up finding it, but it was, it had broccoli in it. It was a whole, whatever. Oh, it's a whole no. other story, but either way, I was trying to find this Mexican restaurant and I ended up in a cornfield and I was terrified. They are terrifying. I grew up around them. You never know what's in there. Mm, the thing makes never me think of signs, the movie signs. I see a little oh, alien yeah. leg. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I've had many people pop out of cornfields thinking it's funny to scare you. It's not funny. It's just scary. <sighs> people hiding in there. So um, uh, you are not wrong to fear a cornfield, I feel like. <laughs> you are justified. Thank you. I feel validated. Mm-hmm. Well, Rob, you gave us our first ever Black Eyed Children's story on this Wonderful. pod, and you'll go down in history for that. <laughs> and I'm honored because uh, this was great. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, Hopefully thank you. Bring them into existence again. For, uh, <laughs> for no. me or anybody else. Don't answer your door. Exactly. I just say, do not answer your door to strangers. Always good advice. <gasps> There's a ghost in my house. I'm joined by Katie in Central California. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Ross. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Yay! Uh, I, I, it's come to my attention that ghosts love you, <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to hear all about it. Where, where should we start? Um, I, I think I can start with the mission. Um, in, uh, in my town, I'm, I'm in a mission town. It's kind of like centralized around, um, around one of those, uh, those California missions. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, I can, I can just launch right in, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's cause it starts off. I was in fourth grade, um, and we did a field trip here. I hadn't lived here yet. And, um, 
And we went to not necessarily the mission proper, but there's like a, a little courtyard and um, right across from it, there's um, there's an old house where um, where people used to live in the 1800s. And um, we were in that part of the tour and um, near the end of the house, there's like this little girl's room. Like they had everything set up like someone's living there in the 1800s. So it's like, there's like a little crib and like toys on the floor and stuff. So fun and creepy. And um, so I'm there and I just like, I get super unsettled. Um, And I heard like, like this like music box music. And I was like, it's weird that they would put that as like ambiance. Like they're, they're trying to make this creepy. Um, so like, you know, my mom was a chaperone and I was kind of telling her like, no, I want to leave. Like, I don't like it here. And she's like, okay. So then when, um, when we got out then she's like, what, what didn't you like about it? Cause like my mom is also really, um, my mom's actually probably more sensitive than I am. She's super like in tune. And so she's like, what, what was it that, that kind of set you off that you didn't like? And I said, I didn't like the music box music they were playing. And she said, there was no music. Um, and so then I, like, I asked around, I asked my friends and everything. They're like, nope, no music. Um, that was all apparently in my head. Um, and so I kind of wrote it off. I mean, like as much as like, it, I still was like, okay, I'm never going back there again. Um, but then I end up going back when I'm about, uh, I think it was like somewhere between 15 and 19. I was, I was a teenager and, um, and I, uh, I did a show across the, so across the courtyard from that in the, um, in the mission itself in the church. And, um, and I was waiting to go on, um, with, uh, with a girl who was, uh, who was also in the show with me. And, um, and she's, she goes like, oh man, it's so weird that they're like, they changed up the music, didn't they? For the show. And I thought, oh, like, I'm trying to listen. And I'm like, oh, maybe the violin's a little off or something. I don't know. And um, I said, well, well, what do you hear? And she said, like, it's like a music box. Ah, yeah. And it was, um, it. so I asked her later, like, I, I, I tried to figure out how old she was. And she was basically the same age that I was when I heard the music box um, in, uh, in the house across the way. Um, I think it was like 11, it was fourth grade basically. And, um, and so then, um, so then, you know, like thoroughly creeped out by that space. Um, and, uh, so then later on, um, a few years later, um, I'm working, uh, taking tickets for that same show in the box office and the place that they put the box office, it's facing that house, um, so we're counting money and stuff. It's like, it's late. It's like 10 PM. And, um, and my friend kind of like taps me on the shoulder. She's like, do you see a face in that window? And so I look and again, like it, it all lines up. It's all that same room. Basically. I look in the window and, um, I see a little like, yeah, like looking out and like, we're, we're at this point, like, we're like, okay, let's not, let's not engage. Um, like we go back to the money. We look again, that little girl's still looking out. Um, and then just, it's just finally like, gosh, 10 minutes after I, I didn't like something like that. Then it's finally gone, but there's, 
no way that there could have been a little girl in that house. Like it's completely locked. All of the lights are off. Like it's 10 PM. We would have seen somebody go in there. Like there's no way that there was anybody in that house. Um, it's a museum now. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> that's, um, oh and my gosh. yeah. So that's the little like saga of the little girl. I also found out like, Oh God. And then in the middle of that, I was taking kids on a field trip there and they wanted to go into that house. And so I was like, okay, fine, we're going to go in. Um, and, uh, and when I go in, um, going down the hallway that leads to that room, um, I started to feel like basically what you feel like when you get a fever, like really shaky and weak and, um, like almost like I was going to throw up really hot. Um, and I was like, mm, I, I can't do this. Like I, and yeah, so I, I had to give, give it over to the other teachers, to the other counselors to kind of like, okay, you guys have to take this. I have to, I have to leave this house. And, um, when I go out, then I find out that my friend, um, who was also working with me, um, is already out there. And she said, I couldn't go in there. I felt like I was going to throw up. Um, and we both felt better after like five minutes of just sitting outside. But, um, yeah, but one of the things is that that house was, um, apparently a lot of people died of smallpox in that house. Um, so I found that out, uh, um, uh, or I, I, yeah, I, I found that out a little bit after the symptoms. And so now I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Like message loud and clear. Um, people are wow. sick here. So yeah. Do people talk about seeing a little girl or the music box? Like, have you heard that from other people? Yeah. Um, I've heard, um, a so many things about that house, um, about the attic. Apparently like there's things in the attic that'll get like torn up, um, in the actual room there, they will try to set out toys, um, in a certain, like, you know, like the way that the docents want it to be. And they will be scattered around the room, like almost like someone has been playing with them. Um, and, uh, and just talking to other people, like some people like see faces in the windows, um and yeah that's it's a uh, it's not the first time apparently you're like when places historical places like that do their interior decorating or whatever <laughs> to try to to try to recreate the old time periods i wonder how that affects these ghosts you know like I wonder if the ghosts are like, uh, this is not how my room looked or (laughs) if they're like into it or I, I, I don't know. I wonder, I'm sure it could affect it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like when she was looking out at us, it was like, it's also like we'd done something a little different. So that's a, that's a really interesting point because, uh, us building the little ticket booth outside of there, that was new. And I wonder if she was kind of like looking out like, "Mm -mm, this isn't, this isn't the way that things have been for 200 years. Right. Like this is my front yard. Like get out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, what is this mission called? Uh, it's uh, San Juan Batista. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to visit there sometime. This sounds interesting. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's spooky. And like, yeah, I've seen, um, like I've seen a, I mean, like, I don't know Catholic clergy very well but like I've, I've seen um up in the uh, choir pulpit I've seen a priest run back and forth 
um, and then like have somebody take me over to the stairs to there to show that nobody could be up there. Um, I have been jogging past there and I have like solid person um, looking at me kind of like disapprovingly in like black robes. And then like I passed the... Oh God. Yes. <laughs> like, like, um, like again, like Catholic clergy, like, um, like a priest or something. And then like, as I passed the, um, the, uh, the like column, um, I like, I was going to kind of give him a look like, okay, yeah, sorry. What can I do? And like, he was gone. It wasn't a real person. So. Oh yeah. my God. Okay. A running priest, a priest should never be running. Oh no, no, no. He was sitting. I was, I was jogging. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you saw one running back and forth or something. Oh, um, the one that was running back and forth. The um, yeah, there was was kind of like walking back and forth on the um. These are two different. I don't know. Maybe it's the same priest, just he changed outfits or something. But there's one that was up <laughs> costume change. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, yeah, but like there's one like in red that was like walking or running. Like it looked fast. Like it was like I turned like my my head and he was kind of like gone, but like up um up the stairs basically and then like the other one was just like sitting there while i was taking a jog in the courtyard like so yeah wow have have any of these ghost hunting shows ever been there you know i've heard that um i mean like it's kind of i haven't heard anything like uh, or seen anything necessarily on tv but i heard a rumor that um that the uh oh god now i'm forgetting the name of it like zach bagans and his his ghost adventures like yes that they checked it out on their way um to uh to santa cruz and like i guess just decided not to film but um but yeah sounds like the perfect place for something like that yeah i know i'm surprised (laughs) and like vertigo was shot here like it's a it's a spooky fun place Cool. Yeah, there's a lot of Alfred Hitchcock, uh, you know, central northern California filming location stuff. I love that. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. Okay. Um, well, I the other uh, kind of chunk that I have is I uh, my stepdad um, used to, uh, he, he lived on this like corner. It was like a super old house. There's super old houses here. Um, he lived on a corner and there was like a ring of trees and then like this super duper old house and like we all used to like hang out there like there was like just a bunch of people who would like kind of come in and out and so one day I'm going to the bathroom and um, the door is locked and uh, and I as I'm going to the bathroom I hear like I, or I see and hear this jiggling of the um, of the the doorknob and then I hear these two women like kind of like whispering like oh like and something that was kind of like oh she, like there's someone in there or something like that. And no. I was thinking, yeah. And like for a second, like I'm thinking like, Oh, like people come in and out of here. Maybe it's like my stepdad's friends are here or something. And so like, I finish, like I, I go out of, and the bathroom leads straight to the kitchen and there's nobody in there. The door, like the front door, it's like the front door is closed. It's a super loud door. Like I would have heard it. I would have heard people walking again, old house. You hear like floorboards, like, there was absolutely nobody there. Um, yeah. And like in that kitchen, like basically every, not every woman, but like a lot of like women who were in there would say that they like hear something or that something happens to them. Um, not a lot of like 
male identifying folks like um so uh so yeah like I like I would have crazy dreams in that house um and then uh at one point when I was in the kitchen uh, like after like having dreams and like all this crazy uh, like hearing knocks on the window um I was I was like I was awake because I was sitting at the kitchen but like I hear in my head like do you want to see what she looks like and like I'm kind of like oh this is this is new like I've never heard this before I'm like yeah okay again all this conversation is happening in my head and then kind of pieced together um I start to see like uh like a woman her face like and it's like this round face and like blonde hair and she's got like either like these like really big bags in her eyes or like running mascara or like somebody punched her or something um and she just looked so, so, so sad. And like, I kind of like felt that sadness. Um, and then it kind of like became too real. I was like, mm, okay, like it's breakfast time. Like, I don't want to know. And so mm-hmm. then like, it's just like, she just kind of goes away. Um, but like, and that's kind of not like the first time that like I've heard, like it's it's been in like dreams and stuff. Like I've heard like a lot of like, oh, do you want to like, do you want to talk to this person? Do you, do you want to see this person? And like a lot of times I'll just kind of be like, nah, I'm good. But like, uh, but yeah, so. Um, well, that's so, nice that they ask for consent. Usually it's just like, here's me. Yes. Right. <laughs> I, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah. I think that that's who was jiggling the door handle. I think so. Cause a lot of times it would, like I talked to my mom and my mom had heard like, women talking like that's that's that was a really frequent thing that people would say is like just like two two or three women talking um and uh yeah but then there was also like when eventually when I talked to my stepdad he was like uh or we were like hey is this house haunted he'd be like no it's not haunted like and so then eventually he kind of goes like well yeah but I took care of it and we're like, wait, how did you take care of it? Like, did you like, yeah, like what happened? So did you smudge? Like what happened? And so apparently he, um, when he first moved to that house, like stuff would like fly off the shelves and like stuff would like be hurled at him and stuff. Um, and, uh, and like, he would also wake up from like really, really bad dreams and stuff. Uh, but like, and he just like yelled and was like, Hey, this is my house now. Like get out of here. And apparently it completely stopped for him at that point. Um, but so I've got two theories. And one is that who maybe this woman like was freaked out by him and like, you know, like, had some sort of an experience with men in the past or something and just kind of like, so then like just wasn't as threatened by female presences um, or that like, that did take care of like one entity and like the other one is just kind of like still chilling, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. She, she's like, God, he's no fun. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Stay away from him. Yeah. Uh, And maybe that's why she's like, okay, I guess what I need to do is ask people from now on, do you want to see me? Do you want to, rather than, she's like, my first approach was just to start throwing shit. And now I've learned I'll get yelled at, so now I'm going to be nice about it. That's an excellent point. I had not thought of that. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Even, like, like some ghosts would be like, oh, there's someone in the bathroom. Let's kick this door down. And this ghost is like, someone's in there. Let's wait. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, you're right. Consent. Consent very, very strong with this girl. I like her. <laughs> we also found, or my mom had found, like, um, like some things that kind of like, uh, I don't know, metaphysical type stuff. Like, like there was, um, there were like, like black mirrors, which like I've learned later, like maybe like scrying mirrors, like maybe, maybe she was kind of witchy. Um, mm. but yeah, or maybe something else was, and like, they just like kind of invited, invited some, some ghosties to party, but I don't know. But yeah, that's all. Wow. <laughs> Well, you have brought the goods. Thank you so much, Katie. This is great. Thank you. Hello, Stephanie in Boston. How are you? I'm great, Roz. How are you? So good. What kind of stories you got for me? So I went to college um, at Mount Holyoke College, which is a liberal arts school in uh, Western Massachusetts, um, very old. It's an all women's college. Um, and it was like the first all women's college, like the first college for women in the United States. It was like built in 1837. And like the buildings are very old. It has tons of history. It's got that like old university look with like the brick Gothic buildings and the dorms and the libraries that looks like castles and things and according to folklore now I don't know who tallies this but people say it's the second most haunted college in the United States <laughs> I don't know who's counting the ghosts but apparently number one is a uh, Gettysburg College which I guess makes sense because everything's so haunted out there right but I, like that job. I don't know like yeah, who's like tallying the ghosts and the hauntings and like figuring See, it out? See, that should be and the reality show. The reality yeah, show, right. you know, it's like there's all these competitions, The Voice, there's, you know, there's these singing competitions, cooking competitions. I want to be on the judging panel where we go to places and we determine who is the most haunted place <laughs> and then make a exactly. ranking. Exactly. Yeah, because it was something that was like, it's on their website. Like they advertise it for folks who are like interested, which I really? think. Really? Well, it's cool uh -huh. that they're into it. Yeah, they are. But the one thing is, as with most colleges, it can be hard to like decipher what's just like urban myth or like legend and what's true, like history. So obviously there's tons of history and the college did burn down in the 19th century and get rebuilt. So like lots of crazy energy. I don't know if anyone died. I don't remember, but you know, it's just got that vibe. Um, so my first well, the thing is, if you've been around that long, someone's died there. Oh, one like, hundred. There's no way that. So that has yeah, 100%. And there was even a dorm room that they like closed off. They called it the ghost room. And it was like in the top floor of one of the dorms. And people had all these urban legends about it. Like, oh, a girl killed herself in there. And then a lightning struck a tree and it was cursed the room or something. And now no one can stay in it. And I can't ever get that confirmed. Like I remember looking into it because in college I was really into this stuff and I like wanted like facts to like back it up and I couldn't find that out, but they did close that dorm off and then they would open it for Halloween for you to go and take pictures if you wanted to. Oh. Um, well, someone has was, to know what the story is. I know, right? I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I shouldn't like go back and like go into the archives and 
do that like horror movie scene where you do all the research. But in terms of what happened to me, uh, my freshman year, I was in this dorm called um, Pearson's, which was, according to legend, built on the site of an old cemetery. Um, I think it actually was, but I think that they relocated the cemetery, but like everyone was like, but they didn't move the bodies or something, but you know, so I don't know, but that one was, and there was an, it was an old building, like 19th century, like brick building. Um, and there was another like very old little house next to it that they were currently using for like, um, some of the, uh, it was like a, a, a some offices like nearby. That was another really old house right next to it. Um, so this one, the first thing happened to actually my my friend, but it's sort of similar to what happened to me. So there, she has like the first week of school. So she's like just getting to know her roommate. They're like not like super close yet. They're like unpacking and they're like getting into their rooms and stuff. And they both take naps at like the same time during the day. And like literally the same time they're napping across from each other in the room. And I I just talked to my friend last night to get these details correct. Okay, so she wakes up like after having an extremely creepy dream in which the main thing she can remember is somebody was walking and holding a baby and like dropped the baby and then the baby died. It's like very scary. And she was like freaked out by that. So she woke up like very suddenly. And at the exact same time, her roommate also woke up. And her roommate's like, oh my God, I just had the weirdest dream that somebody killed a baby. And it really freaked me out. I don't even have dreams during my nap. And my friend was like, uh, I also had a dream where a baby died. And they like, they were like, what the fuck? So they went through their like, details and they weren't the exact same dream but they were both dreams in which a baby died i'm so so fascinated by these kinds of stories i've heard these before (laughs) where dreams kind of sync up i know okay so then about a week later they're researching like we're all researching um all the ghost stories around and apparently the the old house Here's the legend about the old house that's next to uh, Pearson's. It was called St. Clair's Annex. Is that there was back in the 19th century, like a couple there, a man and a woman and a baby. And the one night, like the guy like goes crazy and kills the baby and then kills his wife and then like kills himself. Oh my God. And that's the, the legend. And I we tried to figure it out if it was historical, but like it was very weird because their room was literally right next to that building and like looking over it. Like they had the closest room to that building. So that was weird. Well, it could also be one of these things when you have all these stories. I mean, we we're recently yeah. talking about this idea of an aggregor on this podcast mm-hmm. where, you know, it's like after years and years and years of people telling these stories, sometimes people believe that it can kind of like manifest and come true. It can true. come true. Yeah. Like it makes the ghost, which I, I totally believe. It's wild. Like the things that like everyone believing something can make 
happen, but I don't, so I don't know if it's like true, but like people used to say you could hear a baby crying around like that dorm. Um, but then this one was one that happened to me in that dorm where I was just sitting in my dorm room and my roommate was sitting across from me. We're like studying on our beds. Um, and just like very, very clearly and vividly in the middle of our room, not like outside our room, not above our room, down or like outside anything, outside the window, no. Like in the middle of our room, like by my head, I hear a sigh. I hear someone go, <sighs> and I immediately turn. And at the same time, my roommate turns. He's like, did, did you hear that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, that wasn't you? I'm like, no. She's like, that was like from the middle of the room. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, uh, okay. And I didn't even, I, I did not get along with my roommate. Like we didn't talk really. So the fact that she was like, what the hell at the exact same time. And we were just like, oh my God. And that was just so bizarre because it was like spatially, there's no way that that sound came from outside of the room. So that's what happened to me and Pearson's. (laughs) Whoa. And then I had one weird Ouija board story. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so this one is like a start of a horror movie and I don't know why I was so dumb, but whatever. (laughs) So we had, we used to like be able to like sneak into the academic buildings um, off hours. And so since they were like these cool, like castle buildings, we used to like throw parties in them. So we, there's this one in the science building there's this classroom that we call the tower room and it's like at the very top of like an old Gothic tower. It's like Rapunzel's tower situation. Sounds Um, terrifying. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. I don't know (laughs) what is wrong with us. Um, I was like way less scared of this stuff when I was in college than I am now. I don't know. But so we thought, oh my God, this would be the perfect place to throw my friend's birthday party. (laughs) So we all like, decide yeah we're going to use our academic parents to go in there after hours and like set up a birthday party for my friend um and so while we're up there like it's Saturday during the day and we're like going up there like set up and we go up there and I don't none of us have any classes up here we go up there and it's there's a fireplace and on the mantle of the fireplace is a Ouija board just waiting (laughs) what (laughs) why (laughs) and and it's just like propped up on the fireplace and we're just like I don't know why our first thought wasn't like run screaming and cancel the party our first thought was oh my god look at this we're gonna do this later tonight during the party yeah that's perfect I know right it was like it was waiting for us so we set up the party we go back up there at like the the time we're having fun we're drinking we're having a good time this was also freshman year um and then we decide to use the Ouija board later on after all this I like remember doing research online and like finding out all the things we did wrong like you're not supposed to like be drunk and you're not supposed to like like we did we broke so many rules but 
you know, what, what, what makes for a good story though. It does. It does. (laughs) So, so we all gather around the Ouija board and we start asking questions and it starts like responding very clearly right away. And like it, I had my thing on it and I know there's that thing where it's like, oh yeah, people, you subconsciously move it, which totally could have been what's happening. Um, but like, I also kind of believe that if you're subconsciously moving it, like maybe you're also like talking to someone still, like, I don't know, because this thing was like flying across the board. Like it felt like it was dragging us and we were getting really freaked out and like, just like double checking, okay, no one's moving it. No one's moving it. And this thing felt like it was like literally pulling us. So we're asking questions and we're getting some very clear answers. There's like two ghosts there man and a woman they died in like they gave us the year of like the 1860s which would add up for a time and we asked them like oh were you students here did you work here were you passing through they said they were passing through um at then we asked are you happy and it like went quickly to like no which freaked out my super chill friend from uh, Northern California who like so much that she immediately got up and was like, all right, I'm out of here. Like they're not happy. I don't want to see what's going to happen next. And just like ran outside and like started taking a smoke or something. So we're just, we're like, okay, okay. ghosts. This, this nice couple didn't like a bunch of college freshman girls wasted in their home. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, obviously they weren't happy, but whatever. Yeah, we were like, oh, they're unhappy with their life. But um, so we're, but then my sister's like, all right, we got to test this and see if it's legit. Like, we got to ask questions that no one would know the answer to. So she's asking how many, oh, we had like apples in the room for some reason. I don't know why. So (laughs) I think we were like snacks or something. So she was like, how many apples are there in the room? And like, nobody counted them beforehand. And it went right to like eight and we got up and counted and there were eight apples in the room. And so we were like, okay, that's weird, but also totally possible that like somebody like knew there were eight apples in the room and moved it or something. So then we had a bunch of mugs and like cups in the room. So she's like, how many cups are there in the room? And it went to like 15. And so she's like, all right. And so we go around and we count um, 14 cups. She's like, that's weird. But then she's like, wait a second. And she notices a cabinet in the room that none of us had noticed before. And she goes up and opens it. And there's one cup in there that none of us knew were there. I mean, that's pretty good. This is pretty good. I know, right? I know. And like none of us. And she was like, at this point, we all get really freaked out. So we're like, all right, goodbye. And then we leave. And we're like, that's really afterward. Like some of us were kind of freaked out. I remember like going online and being like, oh, we like didn't like do this. We didn't do a blessing. We didn't do this. Okay. Hope everything's cool. But then the next year it's Halloween. And we're like, drunk again after a Halloween party and we're like let's go to the tower room and do a seance because we're dumb so we go back (laughs) and we go in there and we don't there's no Ouija board there but we all like hold our hands around the table and we're like 
to the two spirits who were here before. Like we like do our version of a seance. Like, and we're like, come to us now, give us a sign. <laughs> and I have like, this is pre everyone having iPhones. This is like 2008. So I'm using a digital camera and I'm like taking pictures the whole time. Cause like, I'm like, maybe I'll catch something on my camera. Um, and so we're like, if you are here, appear by the fireplace. And I take a picture of the fireplace. If you're here, appear by my like friend Susan's head. <laughs> and I take a picture of my friend Susan. And like we go on and on. And then like nothing really happens, but we get kind of a weird feeling. We're like, this is stupid. We should, we need to go. But afterward, when I check the photos, every single photo, there are two orbs exactly where we asked them to appear by the fireplace, two orbs by my friend's head, two orbs. And we're like, all right, that is really weird. So that's the last we ever went into the tower room. <laughs> but I did talk to, a, I did talk to a, um, another student who graduated way after me. And I told her this story and she was like, oh yeah, that room's like totally locked off. Like they don't let anyone up there anymore. And she's like, it's not a classroom anymore. It's not like anything. There's like bolts on the door. Wow. And I don't know like if that has, I, I just want to know why. Because I don't know if it has anything to do with spooky stuff or what, but like that was just an interesting way for that story to like have an interesting conclusion. So I'm dying to go back and like do more research. And like, I have a friend who's like really into ghost hunting and he's got like all the equipment and stuff. So like sometime we want to go back and like do a, real ghost hunt there but yeah you should i mean bolts I on the door that's never a good thing i know and i'm like that is it, is it i don't know it was a perfectly functioning like classroom back when i went there and it wasn't that long ago it's probably like in beetlejuice like a couple like i it seems like it'd be kind of fun to to be a ghost with somebody yeah i mean yeah i don't know why they weren't happy maybe it's just because we were there being dumb <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't leave them alone so i kind of don't blame them well they're probably happy now <laughs> yeah hopefully now that the door's locked i do i also never found out who put that ouija board up there why or any of that it was very strange mm, mystery mm-hmm. well i hope you get in there and ghost hunt one of these days you have to let me know I what will. happens yeah i'll have to let you know like i need to make that happen Thank you so much to Audrey, Rob, Katie, and Stephanie. And of course, if you want to be on a listener episode just like this, all you got to do is email me at ghostedbyraz at gmail.com and put in the subject line, listener episode, and give me some brief bullet points of the kind of stories that you have to tell. To hear a little bit more from this week's episode, go to patreon.com slash rosdresvelez. Are you subscribed to the show? Please subscribe, tell your friends about it, rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. If you have a ghost story, you could leave it in a five-star review. You could email it to me or put it in the Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. I am on Instagram at Roz Hernandez and TikTok. Ooh, I've been TikToking away, honey. And that is It's Roz Hernandez. 
That's about it from me, but I am recording a lot of episodes at the moment, and there's some exciting ones. I've got one coming up pretty soon that has some exciting news about a fun thing that I'm going to do that's paranormally, and I'm going to be talking to one of our favorite... Oh, there's just some good stuff. Good, good stuff coming our way. So, I will talk to you soon. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.